Greetings, and welcome to the podcast show, Touching People for Heaven, with your host, Preacher John. God bless you, my very good friend, and I appreciate you being here. I pray in the name of Jesus that there will be something here in this episode that you can use in your life, in the life of your family, and your friends. Okay, are you ready? Let's get started. This is episode number 20 and is titled, Returned from Jordan. And let me interject here. Did you get your tea today? I've got some Trader Joe's green tea. Mmm, yummy. It just tastes so good, and it makes me feel good when I do the podcast. Um, For some reason, my voice gets really uh, hoarse, even though I don't talk a lot, and even when I do talk, it seems to get hoarse. And I noticed that the green tea helps me, and um, I hope it helps you. So my friend, thank you for being here. This is uh, episode number 20, as I said, Return from Jordan. It is based on Luke 4, verse 1. Today is Saturday, March 30th, 2019. Praise God. So let me read Luke 4, 1. In the King James Version, it says, And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. It's so strange to return from something. Just like I've been extremely busy in the last several days and weeks, doing tons of research and preaching and studying different doctrines and plans on building the church and the designing and the creating of it. And because of the the time commitment, I'm only by myself currently, it takes like every moment I have to do this planning and designing and the beginning phases of this church. Therefore, the writing of discourses and the podcasts and the blogs have all kind of gone by the wayside temporarily, but, you know, they come back in, such as right now. And I've been doing a whole host of other related topics, all for the purpose of preaching and ministering, building Gospel Evangelist Church here in Boulder, Colorado. Life is so beautifully good. Praise Jesus. By the way, today is my one-year anniversary of the horrendous skateboard wreck I got into that crushed my left knee and paralyzed my left foot for many months. One year ago was Good Friday, March 30th, 2018. About 2.30 p.m. on the Boulder Creek Path behind the Foothills Hospital. How fortunate for me to be just a stone's throw away from where I would spend the next 30 days of my life. Yep, two surgeries and 30 days of drugs. What a trip. What a trip. And we're healing. We still got another... I'm going to guess another six months of healing. It's about an 18-month healing process. So it's, needless to say, it has hindered the growth of the church. And what I mean by that is it's hindered my own physical ability to work. But uh, thank God I'm retired and uh, at a beautiful home and uh, well taken care of, thanks to God and wonderful people in my life. So, Let's get to, let's get into the discourse here. It's just something this is... Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I 
all of a sudden I got nervous. <laughs> you know, if you ever want to figure out who you are, do some videos or create a podcast and then start recording yourself. And your whole life is a place before everyone to look at it. And I'm still learning this process. And so I don't quite know how to edit everything down. So I just let it all go and as one piece. So there is no edits in this podcast or any of my shows. This is number 20. So there's no edits. It's just what you hear is what I'm doing. <laughs> so thank you for bearing with me. It fortunately is not a very long show today. And uh, so we'll get into it. Um, we're going to speak about today's scripture. And as usual, I was given this tiny verse to write a discourse on. And I thought, Mm, okay, this should be interesting. So let's get started and see what the Holy Spirit wants to teach us. All right, amen. So once again, our verse is Luke chapter 4, verse 1. And I'll read it again. And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. The title is short, but for me, it means a lot. The title again is Returned from Jordan. Please note also that to get the most out of the reading and studying of the scriptures, you know, read the previous verses. And then read the verses following our key text, always asking the Holy Spirit to teach you the Word of God. And because that's that's the job of the Holy Spirit, to teach us the Word of God. And in that uh that, that's just the best way to do it. Always include the Holy Spirit in what you're doing. And since I'm going to enjoy the Holy Spirit, I'm going to enjoy another sip of Trader Joe's green tea. This is not a paid episode, not a paid advertisement, by the way. <laughs> I just shop there a lot. Mm. Man, that is just so good. So, um, oh, I am so sorry. <laughs> Praise God. God uh, takes the weak and uh, and uh, does something great with them. And believe me, I'm one of the weak ones. <laughs> I can hardly believe I'm actually doing this. But I'm good, and I'm excited. So what we truly need to do is to come to grips with the facts surrounding our salvation and our walking out this salvation throughout our life. One point is to realize that when we are born again, we are baptized into the family of God by the Holy Spirit. With this new family comes a change from old past or your old self. We are now a new creature in Christ, a brand new person, like a baby in Christ. This also entails us being like Christ or like Jesus. We are who God created us to be, our spiritual nature, and our personality. But we also live like Jesus did. So when we realize that we live like Jesus, we can look at the scriptures and see ourselves in the same or similar fashion as Jesus. Now, I'm not talking about being a robot or a clone of Jesus, no. What I'm referring to is walking out our salvation by doing the works of Jesus. 
It's just like the disciples of Jesus and later many of the converts in the book of Acts and the whole rest of the New Testament. They all followed Jesus and for and, and his example based on their own personality. In other words, we don't become somebody else. We are who we are. God made us with our temperament, our personality. And that we keep, okay? It's just our spirit becomes uh, alive with the Holy Spirit. So therefore, we can read in our verse, and Jesus, as that name being replaced with our own name. Like, my name is John. <laughs> Surprise. No. <laughs> therefore, the verse when I'm reading and meditating on the scriptures, I can truthfully say, and John. This is a little difficult to write, and maybe when I do my podcast show, I'm writing this, I'm reading this off my uh, screen here, because this is the discourse I wrote that's going to go up in my blog. <laughs> and I say here, maybe when I do my podcast show, it'll come out a little better. We'll see. But uh, of course, as you can see, I'm reading this on the show. It really doesn't sound any, any more coherent. Oh, well, I'm working on it. I really am, guys. I appreciate it very much for your patience. But the reason why we need to put ourselves into the Scriptures is because it was written for us, for you and for me, and for all the brand-new born-again believers coming into the family. Isn't that wonderful? You see, we do come with an owner's manual. And those who say we don't are lying to you. <laughs> they really are. And everyone, dece- everyone and deceiving themselves and all who listen to them. All too often they are smart, intelligent, and successful people trying to lead us into their own program of sorts. How sad. But that's life. That's life. Ain't it great? So Luke 4.1, And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. So we have, and Jesus, or you, being full of the Holy Ghost. Now, okay, now here is where, oh, so many Christians have a hissy fit. <laughs> so many just absolutely refuse to be full of the Holy Ghost. Please recognize that ghost, G-H-O-S-T, ghost, is another word for spirit, okay? The King James Version covers every aspect and nuance of the Spirit of God. Modern versions only cover a few different aspects of the Spirit. Just the way it is. Fortunately for us, we study in a very accurate and sophisticated book ordained by the Spirit. So, the word being... B-E-I-N-G, being, is very important. Like here in Acts 17, 28. For in him, that's Jesus, we live and move and have our being. The word is about existence, not non-existence. It's alive and in a form. It's an incredible word that says we exist. And this is real. The life we're living is real. It's not imaginary. It's not a trial. It's not a make-believe. It's not a 
green screen that we're playing in front of. It's not something that one day we're going to wake up and it's all going to be different. No, what we're doing and how we're living is real. And what we're doing and how we're living is being recorded by God Almighty. And when we pass away, we die, we're all going to be judged by what we've done. You know, are we saved or not saved? Then after that, what do we do for the Lord? And all of this is being recorded. And how do we know God is recording things? Well, folks, it's really simple. Intellectual people tend to make God difficult to understand. But God is not difficult to understand. Mankind is made in God's image. So as we look around our life and do our life, we are, we are an example of Jesus. We're an example of God in our life. So if we write things down, we record things, then it's clearly obvious that God does the same thing. Otherwise, if we're doing this and God never recorded anything, that wouldn't, that's like ridiculous. Because that would be, we are greater than God. If we are writing and recording and doing all this incredible videotaping and, and movie making and writing books and novels and schooling and education of all sorts, and God is not doing it, mm, that would make us higher than God. But you see, that's not the case. That's not the case. We are, we are a created creature. God is not created. He always was. He is and always will be. And that is a massive, massive detour <laughs> through the mountains and over the river and through the dales from my discourse. But that's what I wanted to do. And right now, we're going to pray. Lord, I just thank you right now that uh, the ears are open, the eyes are open, and they're seeing what they need to see. They're hearing what they need to hear. And Lord, we commit all what we're doing to you, Lord Jesus. We exalt you, Lord Jesus. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, for teaching us your word. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. You know, and... What I'm referring to something like in our text, it even becomes a greater word. You know, the word being that we just talked about. Words are so very important to understand. Always be studying words and definition of words. Add new words and new definitions to your vocabulary. Learn to spell correctly. Learn how to pronounce words including how words are formed and scaffold together. Remember, I'm a D-minus student that barely graduated high school. I tried college five times, failed five times. I gave up, bought me a tractor and trailer, and went trucking. That's what happened. So if I can do this writing and, and uh, talking and or trying to talk, <laughs> sorry, you can do it too, uh, if that's a phrase you like to say. I don't know if I like that phrase because I just don't know. Because some people say you can do it. If I can do it, you can do it. And to me, that's not always the case. Uh, 
Because there's a lot of things that other people do that I personally have tried and worked at and learned and still can't do it. Because I live in Boulder and there are 35,000 students all going to college. I don't know how many are going to graduate, but there's a lot of students and I they're doing it and I couldn't do it. So, for what it's worth. So, every born-again believer receives a portion of the Holy Ghost. I said a portion because at salvation, we are not full of the Holy Ghost. We have the Holy Ghost some. I'm not going to go into any detail here. That's for another discourse and a very difficult one. Suffice to say, we are not saved unless we receive the Holy Ghost. That's how we get into the family of God. Jesus is our way into the family by the power of the Holy Ghost. There's verses that say when we are saved or when we hear the Word of God, the devil comes to steal it, kill it, and destroy the seed, the seed being the Word of God. Being a Christian is not for everyone because most and Let me back up just for a second here. When I say being a Christian is not for everyone, I can just right now in my spirit see several people uh, um, bulk at that statement. That statement is coming from the parable of the sower. There's four different fields, and seed, which is the Word of God, being sown in four different kinds of fields. And those fields are people, their heart, their mind, their spirit, the Word of God is being sown into them, into the people, and not everyone is going to get saved. Some people just cannot, cannot um, receive. Just read it. It's the parable, it's the parable of the sower, and uh, I don't have it right in front of me right now because it's I'm off off uh, off script, <laughs> so to speak. But, uh, yeah, so being a Christian is not for everyone because most cannot stop loving the world and all the world has to offer them. And what I mean by that is not just the things of this world, but it's people. You know, uh, after we get moving along in life and say into our 20s and mid-20s, even to maybe 30, it's very difficult to get saved because It's not that we have a lot of things around us, but what we do have around us a lot are people. We have our family, we have our intimate friends, our close friends, our neighbors, our co-workers, all these people, and they know us. You might have been on the job by this time. If you started at, say, 22 or 23 or 25, and you're 35 now, you've been on the job for 10 years. You know, yes, 10 years of people who know you. And now you're going to be a completely different kind of person, a born-again Christian. That means you're going to stop doing what you've been doing and going to do something different. Normally that won't happen. And that's because of pride. Yeah, I mean, pride stops a lot of people from receiving Jesus Christ as their Savior. Along with the love of this world, the love of what the money can buy, the love of what... uh, of this world has to offer. I mean, the hiking in Boulder and all the mountains in Boulder and all the beauty in Boulder. I mean, people come to Boulder for the for the atmosphere, for the lifestyle. 
Well, that lifestyle, folks, is the world. Boulder is not heaven. (laughs) It might seem kind of close to it sometimes, but it's not heaven. It's not heaven. And uh, Lord, I just thank you for the people of Boulder, Colorado. I thank you that you've led me here. I thank you that you've brought me here to witness, to lead, to preach, to teach your kingdom, to lead many, 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 many Boulderites to your kingdom, Lord. I thank you for the Gospel Evangelist Church that will be built in this city, in Colorado, in the United States, and around the world. In Jesus' name. You know, the world and how it has to offer, how sad. You know, it's called priorities, 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 or you can say location. <laughs> so our verse today was Luke 4.1. And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Okay, the next few words, return from Jordan, as we know in the context is the story of Jesus being baptized in the Jordan River by John the Baptist. After Jesus was baptized, he returned from Jordan. The rest of the story unfolds, and boy, does it ever. You know, you could spend probably the next, I don't know, three weeks just in the rest of the story. That is if, you know, you really dig into what is going on and how lots of different verses tie into this story. It's truly an incredible story. Truly incredible. Three weeks, and all of a sudden I'm starting to think that might not be enough time. You might be able to spend probably four or five months or maybe even a whole year, a whole entire year, just studying what went on in the wilderness. It's that powerful. I love the Word of God. I just absolutely love the Word of God. You know, we all return from events. The event, like Jesus in this story, was the event being baptized in the Jordan River. Well, when we return from an event, what happens? An event is like like a mountaintop experience. Then we we, uh, return from Jordan, so to speak, and what's waiting for us? What's waiting for us when we return from a mountaintop experience or from a great event? That's right. What does everyone say? Back to reality. No sooner that we get the filling of the Holy Ghost and we are led into the exam room or the testing room or into the wilderness. In our verse, yes, we are led into the wilderness for the ride of our life. (laughs) But take a closer look. You didn't lead you into the valley of the shadow of death, nor into the struggles or reality of life nor into the wilderness. What does the scripture say? That's right, the Spirit. Note that this title is uppercase. It's a capital S, P-I-R-I-T, Spirit, meaning the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. Okay, Just clarify that it's the Holy Spirit of God that led you into the wilderness. So don't keep beating yourself up for what may happen in life. It just might be a plan that God is going to use at a later time in your life. And he needs you to be led into the wilderness. You never know. God knows what's going on. 
He knows where you are. He knows what you're doing. He has a plan for you, and it's important. It's so important that he's going to lead you into the wilderness, not to kill you, not to destroy you, not to rip you apart, not to beat you up. No, but to give you a test. Because how can you pass and go on to the next grade, go on to the next level, go on to the next thing in life until you pass the area that you're in already? I mean, we have to go from one area to the next to the next. You just can't sit back and do nothing in life. You've got to get to work, living our life. So, truly, God knows what's going on. That's why he's God. (laughs) Just trust in the Lord, and all will work out for your own good. I can go so far as to say, if there is no wilderness in your life, there is no paradise. Wilderness is a place you need to be fully autonomous, being full of the Holy Ghost. There is no outside help in the wilderness. No mobile cellular service, no Wi-Fi, no grocery stores. I mean, no help. You're by yourself. Except God. God is there with you through His Spirit. Are you ready to head into the wilderness? Because we all go there. Are you equipped to handle the isolation of the wilderness? Be forewarned that being full of the Holy Ghost is the better way to go there. I believe if you are reading these words or hearing the words on my show, you are ready. I believe in you with all my heart. You, my friend, my very good friend, are the reason that I'm writing this message. You have a calling to be full of the wonder of God by His Spirit. I believe you are the best and are among the best. Christians are the best in the world. I love you, my good friend. Have a great day.